Hello and welcome to episode 3 of the Wi-Fi for Beginners podcast. My name is Nigel Bowden and I'm pleased to welcome you to this series of podcasts where we'll be taking a look at the fundamentals of wireless LAN networking. Accompanying each episode there's also a series of slides so you can uh, see a little bit more information about the various topics that we'll be looking at. You can find those over at wififorbeginners.com but uh, you don't necessarily need to look at those, you can just listen to the audio portion and uh, maybe have a look at those if it's one or two topics that you're uh, having a little bit of trouble following. So this is actually episode three and we're, um, we're actually in the first module of all of the uh, various topics that I'm going to talk about. Module one is actually looking at what do we mean by a Wi-Fi network and in uh, episodes one and two we took uh, a look at a number of topics and hopefully we're going to round off uh, the final few topics in module one so we get a um, a fairly uh, high level view of the various components and concepts of a a Wi-Fi network uh, which we're going to build on uh, later in the series. Just to very quickly recap what we covered in episode two, uh, we took a very quick look at the different environments that uh, we may deploy a Wi-Fi network into. We discussed things like education environments, healthcare, manufacturing, logistics, and and discussed briefly some of the uh, requirements for each type of venue. Uh, We also uh, took a very quick look at the main components of uh, a Wi-Fi network. Putting them all together, wireless access points, we've got wireless clients, talks about wireless LAN controllers and the fact that we need quite a lot of um, cabling and, and a wired backbone infrastructure to, to, to support all of that. We took a very brief look at wireless clients, what we mean by a wireless client, uh, different form factors such as laptops, smartphones, uh, tablets, also look at the uh, capabilities which vary from client to client, maybe related to things like the uh, the uh, battery size that they can support and maybe antenna sizes and also uh, the capabilities will vary depending on the 802.11 amendment standards that they may support. We also took a very brief look at what we mean by a wireless access point. Uh, again we looked at uh, the form factor of a typical access point and we also talked about the fact that we can consider a wireless access point to uh, be two halves, a wireless half and a wired half and we effectively bridge between the ethernet and the wireless parts of the network at the edge of our network. Uh, We also talked about the fact that wireless access points uh, tend to support a number of radios and often support both the 2.4 and the 5 gigahertz bands which are used by Wi-Fi networks. So uh, that's what we briefly touched on last time and I'm going to continue on now to uh, hopefully finish this module today so that uh, we can round this off and move on to module 2 in the next podcast. So if you're following along with the slides we're actually up to slide number 18 if you want to uh, go along to that. Uh, And what we're talking about now is wireless LAN controllers and if you look at slide 18 I've actually showed some Uh, pictures of what a wireless LAN controller will be and they'll typically be um, uh, maybe a 1U uh, server type form factor which I'm I'm guessing you're fairly familiar with uh, which will be normally installed in your wiring closet or data center so you may ask yourselves why well what is the function of a wireless controller Um, uh, and why do we need one I mean in a typical sort of home environment if you're familiar with setting up a home wireless network you have one uh, access point or maybe a a wireless router that you're familiar with and you uh, access the uh, 
configuration GUI, set up the channels, maybe transmit power, SSIDs, things like that. Um, don't worry if you're not familiar with any of these concepts, we'll cover them later, but if you've ever dealt with uh, a simple wireless network, you just set up the parameters, get the uh, wireless LAN broadcasting so you can connect up and uh, access the internet or whatever services you, you need to access. So it may seem a little bit uh, strange as to why we need to add an additional component to a wireless network. Why can't we just deploy lots and lots of access points, set them all up and, uh, and not have to worry about a wireless controller at all? Um, the problem comes when you get into enterprise environments. Once you've set up one or two access points, okay, that's, that's not too much of a problem. But once you start deploying tens or even hundreds of wireless access points, the administra administration and control of so many access points become particularly uh, problematic. Um, the uh, wireless access points tend to need to be operated on different channels, they maybe need different power settings, we also need uh, essentially coordinated function to uh, facilitate roaming and make sure we've got uh, standard security policy across all of the access points and trying to do that on an AP by AP basis can be very very challenging but if we've got one central control point which is the wireless LAN controller then this simplifies um, the the whole uh, configuration and day-to-day -day administration of the uh, wireless network, as well as providing consistent policy across the entire network. Um, generally, the way that uh, the wireless access points will operate with the wireless LAN controller is that they will be uh, installed at the edge of the network, as we've already discussed, and then they'll so they'll boot up, get their IP address, and they'll actually form. Uh, some sort of uh, control tunnel back to the wireless LAN controller and the wireless LAN controller will then pass them their um, various operating parameters. It will give them things like their security uh, configuration, uh, which uh, SSIDs, which networks to broadcast and, uh, and a whole host of other uh, configuration parameters that they need to uh, have to operate the Wi-Fi network. So that's why we typically need a wireless LAN controller. The actual architecture and form factor of the uh, wireless LAN controller itself will vary uh, depending on the network size and also depending on the vendor. Uh, wireless LAN controllers may be, as I say, typically uh, a 19 inch 1U type form factor, uh, but there are certainly some manufacturers who will supply smaller form factor uh, physical controllers, uh, which can be typically deployed in branches rather than putting them into a data center. Uh, but more and more now as well, we're also seeing the capability of installing um, cloud-based controllers. So the uh, controller function is actually offered as a uh, cloud service. So you don't actually have to house your own physical controllers. You can just buy the controller function as a service from, uh, from a provider. Uh, and also there is one particular uh, vendor, which is Aerohive, and they don't actually have a controller at all. They don't supply wireless LAN controllers. They've actually built the control function into all of the access points, and they have some uh, what they call cooperative control protocols, uh, which allow 
the APs to decide amongst themselves to um, provide the various control functions that we've talked about. But the majority of vendors do supply a physical wireless LAN controller platform. And as I say, uh, quite a few of them now are starting to move those and make them available in the cloud as an additional service. So just to take a brief recap uh, of where we've got to so far, I'm just going to discuss the uh, the topology of the Wi-Fi network that we've we've sort of been discussed and built up. And if you're following along with the slides, you can go to slide 21, and I've actually uh, drawn out uh, a very high-level view of a network. So just to recap, we've at the edge, we've got our um, wireless client devices, our smartphones, laptops, tablets. These form a wireless connection to our wireless access points. Uh, they're generally using the 2.4 or 5 gigahertz band, which we'll uh, discuss more on later. Uh, then the access points we've got are plugged into the edge switches of our wired infrastructure. So they're generally plugged into a, a wireless LAN switch of some type. Then we've got our entire uh, edge uh, distribution and core wired network and then hanging off that we've actually got a number of services which could be intranet, could be uh, various database, email servers, uh, we've obviously got a firewall uh, connection out to the intranet and somewhere hanging off the generally the core or the distribution they will also have the wireless LAN controller uh, function. It could be a physical platform or as I say these days you can actually buy it as a cloud service from various providers but all of the wireless access points throughout the network will have formed logical connections back to the wireless controller so that it can provide a centralized control function for the network. Okay so moving on we're getting towards the end of our topics now in this particular module just want to talk a little bit about Wi-Fi security we're going to cover this in a lot more depth uh, later on but obviously it's a very very important topic within a wireless networking uh, obviously due to the ubiquitous nature of Wi-Fi networks you can access them all around within and even outside of a facility so having a secured uh, wireless network is paramount as I say it does stretch off and beyond the perimeter uh, of a building and obviously provides opportunities for people to eavesdrop data passing between wireless clients and wireless access points and uh, you can pretty much think of this as the equivalent of having a span port on an ethernet switch if you think about a, a wired analogy you can have someone sitting in the car park of a building listening to uh, traffic going between wireless clients and wireless access points and if they're able to decode that they can actually access the data and also due to the over-the-air nature of wireless LANs we also have to consider other opportunities for the interception of uh, network traffic for instance we could set up some sort of man-in-the-middle attack uh, based on a uh, rogue access point if we were sat outside a uh, company building we could set up a rogue access point which mimics the uh, network name of the corporate network and encourage wireless clients to connect to the rogue access points and we could harvest data and credentials uh, from clients which have inadvertently connected to the, to the wrong network. So to prevent these types of attack on our wireless network there are two key elements to security for Wi-Fi networks. We've got uh, data encryption and we've also got authentication of devices and users. Uh, encryption involves some sort of algorithm to provide uh, data scrambling uh, between the 
wireless client and the access point so that only the uh, access point and the wireless client can decode the data that's been exchanged between them and this usually uses some sort of uh, encryption keys which are known only to the Wi-Fi stations involved and this helps to prevent um, the uh, offline attacks on the captured data so that even if uh, an attacker were to capture some data with an analyzer unless they knew the uh, the cipher keys to actually decode that data virtually impossible for them to do any sort of brute force attack on them offline and in addition to encryption we need some sort of authentication system so that we can verify that devices which are trying to join the network can actually provide some sort of credentials which uh, we can verify to ensure uh, that they're actually authorized to join the network and, and also vice versa we need the network to be able to present some form of credential uh, to ensure that the client is joining a valid uh, recognized network. Uh, these credentials uh, may be username password combinations uh, but more and more actually seeing um, authentication systems which are using uh, certificates which are far more secure than the username and password uh, combinations. And just before we leave Wi-Fi security, just want to mention there are a number of uh, different security standards which are used on Wi-Fi networks, and one which is uh, pretty much used throughout the industry at the moment is one called WPA2, which you'll hear more and more about as we walk through uh, the security elements of Wi-Fi networking later in this uh, series of podcasts. WPA2 stands for Wireless Protected Access uh, Number 2. There was actually a WPA1, but uh, that was superseded, and WPA2 now is the security standard that should be used uh, to maintain secure networks. And we'll look at that in a little bit more detail uh, in a later module. And finally for this module, I uh, just want to take a very quick look at wireless LAN standards, Wi-Fi standards. Um, as we've already mentioned, um, Wi-Fi networks all comply to the 802.11 standard, uh, which is defined by the IEEE. Um, IEEE is also responsible for other standards you may be familiar with, like 802.3 and 802.1. In fact, the whole series of 802 standards. Um, and the 802.11 standard itself, which is the one that applies to uh, wireless LAN networks, is, is actually constantly evolving to keep pace with the new technology and new techniques uh, and the demands of the marketplace. And um, the standard itself evolves by the addition of a number of amendments which are added over time. So it's a, it's a sort of living um, entity, if you like, which keeps adding, having new amendments added to it to embrace new uh, technologies. I mean, one really good example of this is uh, the recent, or fairly recent, uh, addition of the 802.11ac standard, and that uh, 802.11ac uh, wireless technology is billed as gigabit Wi-Fi because uh, it could theoretically give us some gigabit type speeds and so the 802.11 amendment is actually uh, a new um, a new part of the standard which has been added to the 802.11 standard itself to enhance and expand it and uh, the amendments are all created by uh, working groups which are formed um, within the IEEE uh, and they're responsible for developing the standards. Uh, in addition to the IEEE, we've also got another organization which is called the Wi-Fi Alliance. Now this is actually an alliance of 
Wi-Fi equipment vendors and the main function of the Wi-Fi Alliance is to actually perform uh, interoperability testing between new equipment which comes to market from vendors and uh, it's tested against the uh, definitions within the 802.11 standard and uh, in order to gain a, a certification uh, to be Wi-Fi certified the equipment has to pass a number of tests uh, which enable it then to have the Wi-Fi certified badge uh, added to that particular piece of equipment. If ever you've uh, maybe bought um, a, a laptop or uh, or maybe a, a wireless access point, sometimes you can turn it over and you see a little black and silver badge on there that says Wi-Fi certified uh, and that's where that certification comes from. Wi-Fi Alliance also does some work in developing its own standards. Occasionally from time to time um, there are demands within the marketplace and the IEEE hasn't actually had time to uh, add uh, a full-blown amendment to the 802.11 standard and sometimes the Wi-Fi Alliance will actually um, develop their own interim standards which were adopted by the industry and they usually uh, tend to get um, folded into the uh, 802.11 standard or, or a variation of them does to become part of the 802.11 standard and as we mentioned before the WPA2 security standard uh, together with WPA uh, are, are examples of that where the Wi-Fi Alliance has developed the standard uh, to make sure the industry has a standard to use uh, in the interim until the 802.11 standard has had a chance to catch up with the requirements of the marketplace. And that pretty much brings us to the end of this module. Uh, we've taken a very high level view at what we mean by a Wi-Fi network. Uh, just to step through some of the main points that we've covered, we, we took a look at what is a Wi-Fi network and we talked about the fact that um, the term Wi-Fi network and wireless LAN uh, are pretty much the same uh, interchangeable term. We talked about the fact that uh, Wi-Fi networks have to um, conform to the IEEE 802.11 standard and we also looked at uh, the topology of a typical uh, wireless LAN and we discovered that uh, generally we place uh, most of our wireless access points uh, at the edge of our network extending the uh, edge of a traditional network and we uh, often put uh, something like a wireless LAN controller maybe towards the core or distribution layer of our wired network we also took a look at what we mean by a wireless client. We looked at uh, form factors such as tablets, laptops, smartphones, and we discussed the fact that uh, the capabilities of clients can vary considerably depending on their form factor and things like radio capabilities, uh, antenna sizes, and even the wireless LAN standards that they support. We also took a brief look at wireless access points, and we said that we can consider them to be uh, something of a layer two bridge between uh, wireless clients and the wired network actually converting between 802.11 frames on the wireless side of the network and 802.3 frames on the wired side of things and we also discussed the major components which include the radio and antennas. We took a very brief look at what we mean by a wireless LAN controller and why we need a wireless LAN controller potentially. Uh, we talked about the fact that we uh, often need uh, centralized management and uh, centralized control coordination function uh, which a wireless LAN controller can give us. We also have talked about the fact that there are some vendors who can actually uh, embed this functionality into their access points uh, and perhaps don't need a, a physical wireless LAN controller. We also talked about the fact that the um, wireless LAN controller itself can be uh, a hardware appliance and uh, 
that could be a dedicated uh, vendor supplied appliance or maybe a, a virtual machine and more and more uh, as well uh, these platforms are being offered as um, a cloud-based service. Uh, we also took a very brief look at Wi-Fi security. We talked about the dangers of eavesdropping and inception because of the ubiquitous nature of wireless. We also talked very briefly about uh, encryption and authentication. And then finally, we took a very brief look at uh, wireless LAN standards, talking about the IEEE, which gives us the 802.11 standard, and the Wi-Fi Alliance, which does uh, device certification and gives us a few interim standards such as WPA. Well, that's pretty much uh, all of the things I wanted to cover in this module. Uh, if you want to find out more about uh, the information that's been covered in this module, it's, it's a series of three podcasts that we've taken to take this high-level view of um, what we mean by a Wi-Fi network. If you get along to the website, which is wififorbeginners.com, there you can take a look at the show notes, have a look at the accompanying slides, and I've also posted uh, a quiz uh, so you can test your knowledge. Just a little bit of fun, nothing too serious. Uh, you can just go through there and test yourself on some of the topics that we've covered in this particular module. I'd also like to uh, ask you to visit the Wi-Fi for beginners.com website to take a look at some recommended books and other websites which is going to help you with your study uh, to learn more about Wi-Fi networking. I also would like to direct you to the cwnp.com site. CWNP is an organization that does uh, vendor neutral certifications. Um, they're very, very good from a technical perspective in terms of teaching you more about Wi-Fi networking, uh, the theory and techniques. Um, in my opinion, quite a bit better than uh, many of the vendor uh, certifications. Vendor certifications tend to concentrate more on how to operate uh, vendor-specific equipment, whereas the CWNP series of certifications, as I say, are vendor-neutral and they're much heavier on the theory and techniques, which can be applied to a whole series of vendors rather than just one vendor's equipment. Um, and as, as a, uh, a relative newcomer to uh, Wi-Fi networking, I would strongly recommend that you take a look at the CWTS um, certification which is a very very good entry-level certification that you could self-study for and, uh, and gain the certification um, fairly uh, fairly comfortably I would think if you're genuinely interested and learn more about Wi-Fi network and there's a very good accompanying uh, study guide uh, certainly the things that you're going to learn in this podcast going to help you with that as well so uh, I'll put a link in the show notes and on the website which is CWMP website and uh, with particular attention to the CWMP WTS certification, which I strongly recommend you consider having a look at. Well, thank you very much for joining me on this particular podcast, and uh, I'm going to be moving on to podcast number four in the next episode, and we're going to be moving into module number two, where we start to take a look at uh, a very important subject in wireless networking, which is uh, RF theory, radio frequency theory, which is a key topic in understanding how wireless LAN networks operate. Well, thanks for joining me, and uh, I'll join you again soon. Thank you.